Patterns and disciplines is everything right now. First of all, understand fear is the central topic of the scripture. More impact, more influence, more revelation, more understanding from God. Well, hey, welcome to the podcast. We've got the great honor of welcoming President Scott Hagen um, of our great school today. Um, and so uh, we, we've kind of bounced around a few thoughts, um, and Scott Hagen's got a few thoughts for us today. Um, we're really happy to hear from him. So how are you feeling today? You know what? Feeling great, uh, even through the mask um, and <laughs> through all the protocols. Um, God's helping all of us, yes. you know, not just exist, but I think we are uh, making a difference right now. Yeah one with another and so doing good doing good yes that's awesome that's awesome well we've been talking about navigating change as a young leader and we've bounced around a few key ideas on how to do this effectively and i think this is such a um, key topic right now as you know we've got COVID 19 um, you know in the face of everything we're doing right now we've got all kinds of things we're dealing with as a student body um, right now and so um, let's go ahead and jump into what your thoughts are on navigating change as a young leader. We can go ahead with the first one. It's a great question. Um, first of all, I think for the rest of you guys' lives, for the rest of my life, I, I'm committed to defining change not as something different or something else, but always something more. And so for us, change is about transformation. Yeah. I can change my dorm room from third floor to fourth floor. That's a change. We're not talking about that kind of change. I think the change the world needs from us is something uh, not just else or something different, but always something more. And so what the Bible, the edge we have is that change for us as Christians means transformation, not location. Yeah. And so there may be some conveniences. I tell people, you know, during covid you know, six or seven layers of my bubble wrap's been popped, you know. <laughs> I'm not as comfortable or as convenient. I've lost some margins, but still, you know, it's not pancreatic cancer. It's yeah. not, you know, uh, I've been kidnapped. Um, but my conveniences have all been taken away. Now, there is legitimate um, issues out there that we're all facing that's more than just your bubble wrap. But change, man, it's all about navigating transformation, not just navigating something else yeah. that's in the midst. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think that's so important because, like, just to define what that change looks like for us. You know, because um, if we don't know what we're trying to navigate and we don't know what we're trying to um, face, it, it's, it's important to identify what you're going for. So I, I love that. Uh, next thought. Just on this, I want to make one mention, too, about uh, kind of the nerd word for this space is called liminality. Yeah. Liminality is a Latin word for threshold or doorway. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it matters is whenever a human being crosses over a threshold into something, again, not different, but something more, that's yeah. critical for the Christian always to believe that change involves something more. Doesn't mean more fame, more money, but more impact, more influence, more revelation, more understanding from God. He's taking me to someplace more, not just someplace else. Yeah. But I got to go through this this threshold, and that word there in the Latin is liminal, liminality. Yep. And when you're in the liminal space, it's the it's the space between what I have known and what I'm yet to experience. It's a space between who I've already been and who I need to become. And so the word is like a door, 
and in that space, it can last a long time. You know, we can walk through a door in one step, one second. Liminality in life and leadership sometimes lasts for a season in which you're in a threshold. You're disorientated and you're without status and you're just kind of in this space of ambiguity. Yeah. I think the toughest thing on COVID right now is, you know, what are we waiting for? A, a vaccine? Are we waiting for herd immunity? No one knows exactly yep. what we're waiting for. Some, something in the future. So that big moment where we feel like, hey, on this day, uh, this is this news is going to break and the war is over or something's changed. Yeah. That's part of the mind game right now of the COVID, the battle, is yeah. the ambiguity and the uncertainty of what the end game looks like. And so liminality is very critical. You face it in leadership. You're building those muscles now in leadership as a young leader. Yeah. Navigating uncertainty is um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a skill. And the sooner you can learn it and adapt to it and understand your emotions, you know, you're not controlling your emotions, but you say, okay, I've been here before. Yes. So I know basically how to feel next or think next as I've walked through this. You know, this generation right now is going to have in their toolbox an unbelievable capacity for resiliency Absolutely. In, in the years ahead. Yeah, well, and I think it's it's really good that you're talking about how it's uncertain what we're looking forward to. We, we don't know what the future holds specifically, and I think we can speak to um, spiritual disciplines as being one of the key factors as far as, like, dealing with that stuff, that uncertainty. Um, you know, with your prayer life, with your uh, Bible reading, with your everyday, you know, prayer life being such a key factor in that dealing with uncertainty. I think, you know, when you're talking about how it's like... Um, the repetition of that almost like dealing with it so that you can deal with it again in the future yeah. more effectively. Yeah. Um, that's only going to come with those spiritual disciplines. So yeah. I love that. I love that. What else you got? Well, um, I would say too, Ryan, that the, uh, the predictability, the predictable life in an unpredictable world, that's really what we're after. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is there's gotta be something about my life that looks just like yesterday. Yes. And there's gotta be something that, that tomorrow looks like today. So there's almost, I will say, even a boring aspect mm -hmm. to an influential leader's life. Yeah. There's a pattern, there's a cadence, there's a predictability. Nobody's guessing which version of you is coming through the door. Yep. Uh, your mood doesn't uh, lead your life. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're emotional. We're all emotional. But that doesn't mean I'm moody. Yes. Um, because moodiness leads to self-pity, which sucks the whole energy out of the whole team yes. and everybody in the room. Yes. But predictability. So those spiritual disciplines. You're spot on, Ryan, to be talking about that. When you are young, and hopefully when you are old, but when you're young, doing the things you do at first in kingdom leadership, then when you get older, the Bible says, go back and do the things you did at first. And that first thing is building the pattern of your prayer life, your scripture life, your fasting life, in your life of generosity and the sharing of faith. I mean, we could break those five things down, but yes. it is spiritual disciplines because it mm -hmm. builds the structure and the predictability of your life. Like I found most great leaders kind of go to bed at the same time every night. <laughs> I don't care whether it's midnight, 10 o'clock, uh, 9 o'clock, 1 o'clock. And they kind of get up at the same time. For sure. Uh, they're not just flying by the seat of their pants every day. And I think social media has destroyed yes. uh, the 24-hour day. Yep. And so you can easily lay in bed for four hours by mm -hmm. yourself, even with a roommate in a dark room and have your phone and a, and a set of headphones and destroy uh, your sleep patterns, destroy yes. your, and you're really dismantling your adult life. For sure. And to try and get it back, 
is very tough. You know, in your 30s and 40s, what you just eroded in your 20s. So patterns and disciplines is everything right now. In this topsy-turvy world, what am I doing today that looks just like yesterday? And what, what happens tomorrow that looks like today? That is so good. And I won't pretend that I haven't personally fallen victim to that, you know, spending four hours on my phone before going to bed and then waking up for an 8 a.m. in the morning, you know, not being fully present, you know, because um, it's such a temptation to get sucked into the just um, distractions of the world. And I think it's so great what you're saying because those distractions are magnified now more than ever. You know, it's so easy. And without those margins, Ryan, here's what you lose. Mm -hmm. It's not whether um, um, I have no space to fail myself today, yeah. but when I'm tired, when I've been up till three in the morning and I got to get up for a 7.30 class yep. or a job, um, I've now taken away all of the margins for the world around me to fail. Yes. Which means everybody better be perfect around me today because I have nothing, I have no margins for you. Yes. So I'm being unfair to the world around me, mm-hmm. to that teacher, to that person I'm interacting with because I'm running on empty. Um, and so I'm going to be around people. They're going to irritate me. They're going to fail. They're going to forget something. The teacher's yep. not going to do something right. Absolutely. And if I'm just living raw and on edge because my tank is empty, um, I've given the world around me no margins to be for me to be long-suffering or patient toward that. Yep. You've got to be perfect. Yes. Because and, and if, you, if you're coming at me and I, I don't know you're on empty, um, um, but I, you have a reputation that, gosh, you got to be perfect around this person or they just kind of lose it. Um, that's not fair yeah. to the world around you because yep. no one can live uh, under that demand. So that pattern's key, getting rest is key, uh, making certain that you're bringing with you some margins for those around you to fail. For sure. Well, and it's expecting perfection when you know full well that you can't deliver that same perfection, which I think that's so, so key. Well, anything else before we jump into our last uh, two little questions we've got? No, fire away. These are great questions. Awesome. Awesome. So what would your advice be to the student who may be anxious or or even fearful about doing school in in kind of a world that's hectic, kind of crazy right now? Um, You just have to, first of all, understand fear is the central topic of the scripture. Yeah. And you literally have to coach yourself with scripture. Um, the immersion in God's word is really going to be the separating um, that catalytic thing inside this person that separates from good to great, however we want to say it in this leadership world we live in. The person that has an active, the touch of heaven with God's word that are not like little pithy, little one-liners like a fortune cookie, one or two conceptual ideas of the Bible that they live off of, but the power of the tip of the spear, which is scripture, memorized, treasured in your heart, part of your vocabulary. You can quote it. So the idea of memorizing and meditating on Scripture is core to everything because it's your language, it's your lens, it's how you interpret, it's how you deconstruct, it's how you're not swept away in group think. Because I've shared with the students many times, we're preparing people to be the only Christian in the room. And and I'm not talking about being the only young Christian in the room with much older people. I'm talking about among yourselves. Your, your, your big cross awaiting you is the ability to stand alone in front of people your age. Yes. Be, it, it, that are like, hey, man, I, the politics and all the theater out there. Now, Jesus, I'm following Jesus up here. Okay? Yeah. And you might be the only one in the room doing that. But you will never offset your fears 
unless you can protect the progress you've made spiritually. You have a sense of confidence that God is working in your life uh, because you can see measurable results and you're being tested. Um, many young leaders today, they say uh, they want to be noticed, but they do not want to be examined. Yeah. And there's a huge difference between being noticed and being examined. For young leaders, they're happy. Hey, people are noticing me. I got X amount of hits on social media. That's entirely different than someone saying, hey, would you examine my life? Yes. Would you really look at my life? And, um, and you can examine it. I can like show you safely my life, but to hand you my life and say, take it on, examine me from any angle, that's difficult for a lot of leaders. Yeah. Um, but that fear is going to be mitigated by God's word. I've kind of set out, I've been challenged this uh, year to write out Bible, the Bible, portions of the Bible. So Deuteronomy 17 says the king, uh, Moses is saying, when, if you choose a king, he is to write out by hand the, this book of the law. Uh, like the king, he couldn't delegate. The king had to write out, imagine writing out the first five books of the Bible, yeah. the Hebrew Bible, our Bible, um, by hand, your first day in the job. Write it out. Why? Because the wow. transmission is Deuteronomy 17. The transmission of God's word, it's a tedious process. It's not symbolic. You can't have the, the, the scribe do it for you and hang a little thing on your wall the king had to hand write out slowly to transmit the truth into his own heart and mind um, by handwriting out the first five books of the Bible. Wow. And then it says this, so that you will uh, not to think more highly of yourself than your citizens. It says it right in the scripture. It, it offsets arrogance that you're better than people. Yes. And he said, and also, Moses says, so that you will not compromise this law in the smallest way. The only way to beat down arrogance and compromise is the careful transmission of God's word. So this year, uh, I've been practicing. I've got, I'm working right now on the book of Genesis, and I got a journal, and I'm handwriting it out. And I'm toying with the idea of handwriting out the Bible for the rest of my life and just write yeah. out the scripture so as cool. a way to slow it all down and see things you've never seen and to be a godly king, a godly leader. Yes. Um, so the word of God is the offset to fear. I would say one last thing real quick is for young leaders, in this day and age, don't be so quick to try and put into words what we're all seeing. Yeah. Uh, most of the time life comes at us like shapes and shadows, and you're kind of trying to describe what's going on. Is that a tree moving? You know, when the man had his eyes touched, I see men walking like trees, and the Lord touched them again. Sometimes it takes a minute for the full experience to arrive. So don't be in a rush to say, hey, I got, a, I got all this going on. We have unrest and we have the elections. We have the riots. We have COVID-19. Oh, this is what the... I don't think anybody knows totally what's going on. I'm trusting the Lord, but I'm not going to box myself in or feel fearful if I can't articulate it. Yes. I got to be able to live in a place of trust. We're in the storm. We'll be able to describe it down the road, but don't try to describe it right now yeah. and, and get yourself trapped uh, yeah. with your own words. So, Yeah, well, and that even goes along with what you were talking about with humility, you know, as far as like rooting yourself in Scripture so that you can keep that humility in your leadership. It all kind of ties together of when I don't 
feel like I'm on my high horse all the time, when I don't feel like I'm this exceptional leader, um, when, I, when I root myself in scripture, that comes a little bit more naturally so I can look at my situations and instead of looking at it like, oh, I got this because I'm an exceptional leader, it's, it, it's you're actually looking towards scripture mm-hmm. to provide that mindset that you're just talking about for yourself. So Good I right. absolutely love that. Um, one last question, what would be your favorite book on leadership that you would recommend to the young leader today? Okay, I'm not copping out on this one. This is a legit (laughs) answer. Yes. I would read 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles. Amazing. Carefully, slowly, like you're reading a book. Start Read 1st and 2nd Kings. You're going to see many similar stories, but they're written from two historical different uh, um, perspectives. But the greatest books on leadership is First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles. It's incredible. And I think that we can look towards, you know, the Stephen Furtick's of the world, yeah. the pastors of the world, which are great resources, and then skip over the Bible, yeah. which is too often what we do. And so I think that's amazing. Well, hey, President Hagen, we so appreciate you being on the podcast. Our students here are uh, very inspired by your leadership. So we are really, really thankful for you being on the podcast today. Like, subscribe. Um, on all the platforms you're watching. Um, Come to the Render services, the Render chapels on Mondays. And thank you so much, uh, President Hagen, for being here. And that's a wrap for today. Anything else you'd like to add? No, loved it. Uh, Keep asking anything, anytime.